When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Scoutcast. My name is Joe. My name is Seb. And I'm Karam. Welcome everyone. Seb, what is coming up on the show? Well, this week, Joe has very kindly agreed to wildcard, so we can use that through uh, use, use that for a prism to look at discussion around this week, the upcoming weeks, players and teams to discuss, and whether you're wildcarding or not. Hopefully there'll be something in there for you. I'm not wildcarding, for example, but I'm going to need to know what others are doing so that I can build my team accordingly. We will, of course, then look ahead to the next four fixtures, as always. We've got the rough with the smooth is making a return. We'll look at transfers, captaincy, and whatnot. And newly married Karam, yay, has a much harder decision to make when he picks a differential. But first, you two are going to tell me about how I should have captained Kane, I guess. Yes, okay. We'll have a very quick recap of our Game Week 30 scores. And yes, I captained Kane, so I did okay. Um like many Kane captains. So I put my my team up, got 66, so pretty happy with that. Um, I had Edison in goal, Dallas, Consa, Alonso, so not great on the defence. Uh, Rafina, he he was great uh, the week against, I know Sheffield United, but he is great. Um, Fernandez, Lingard, uh, Son, Calvert-Lewin, Kane captaincy, Bamford, and on my bench, I correctly benched Gundogan and Stones. So that was a slight risk and they never showed up. And it turned out that uh, it was Kufan who got the four points on my bench. So uh, Jed Steer, once again, with his customary nothing. Um, um, this is probably why I'm wildcarding. Even though I got 66 points, I knew that this was a good week for my team. There was lots of uh, very favourable fixtures. So I was, it was one of those weeks where I was, I was quite optimistic. And that's why I felt OK, Captain Kane as well, because I didn't need that big differential captaincy. I just thought I'd go for that. Um, but it's looking pretty bad from game week 31 onwards for a few weeks. So that's why I'm wildcarding. But more of that um, later. Karen, you're up next. Um, oh, another good week. 62. Um, and once again, another Kane captain. Uh, Martinez in goal. Luca Dean, Dallas, um, Aspilicueta, who was a guaranteed clean sheet, wasn't he? <laughs> uh, My three bonus points. Uh, Diaz. All. Easy. <laughs> Fernandez, Rafina, De Bruyne, Vardy, Watkins, uh, maligned, but he's pretty good actually. He's got some talent. And Kane, uh, who you captained, and on your bench. Oh, well, this is good. I love, I love to see a bench like this. Fabry, Gundogan, Smithrow, Mitchell, Fat Zero for all of that. So you bang on for the bench. Um, you must be quite pleased with that. Sixty-two. Yeah, it's been a good week. Um, after a set of horrible game weeks, I finally uh, pulled out a, a good one. Um, and uh, yeah, I wildcarded about five game weeks ago. And for, for this exact reason, that I don't want to see bench points because we, I struggled yeah. with it. But on a serious note, um, I benched Diaz uh, originally for Gundogan. And luckily, uh, he didn't come on. So um, uh, I got the clean sheet. Very, very welcome. Dinia, he's 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 
on the shopping list. Um, mm. But uh, I have already made my transfer, so he stays for another game week. Um, and I just want to talk about KDB. Like, for how long we have to watch KDB and own him? And he's been the best player in the match, and he doesn't get points. So um, uh, another another unlucky day for KDB. Yeah. Uh, it's not clicking for him this season in, in overall. Uh, he would have had a lot more this season. Um, but yeah, it is what it is. Um, mm-hmm. Next game week is, um, is a tricky one for me as a nine wildcarder because uh, there's a lot of fixture swing. And we will see how we can cope with that for uh, all managers who have the. Yeah, card. definitely. That's. I mean, I just want to say, even though um, yeah. the conversation will be framed around my wild card, it, it's not about my wild card. It's about wild carding in general, fixture swings, mm. form, player form. So it's for non wild carders and wild carders alike to, to pick players because obviously they don't alienate um, almost mm. everyone who's, who's not going to wild card. So. Uh, there we go. And uh, Seb, on to you. As you said, um, it, you were a Kane captaincy away from from the sort of scores that, that me and Karen got. So you had Martinez uh, in goal, uh, Luke Ayling, Shaw, Luca Dean, Rafina, who you captained, um, still got a return, um, Bale, Son, De Bruyne, Bamford, the maligned Watkins, and then Kane, vice-captain. And you nailed your bench, just Veltman and Pope getting you a couple of points. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's not a great score, but it's a good score in that in the, you, you were literally a captaincy away from a good score. Oh yeah, let's be honest, it's not a good, it's not a good score. But I think, as you say, that's what a seven point swing or so, give or take. Mid fifties would have been all right. Mm. It's one of those ones where I would say the difference between Rafina and Kane before the match was very, very narrow, and then after the match, the outcome is quite a large difference, and I'm left behind, which is the way it goes. Fair enough, made the wrong decision. Yeah, but I mean, quite a few I saw. Uh, in a lot of my many leagues, uh, Rafina was was the one that if you weren't captaining Kane, it was it was largely Rafina. There was a few Fernandez captains around, um, but yeah, I thought I thought Leeds against Sheffield United. I think Sheffield United are definitely the team to target. Um, and uh, Bamford didn't look on it. I must admit, he's not he's not really done for a little while. Like um, he got a goal was it last week or so, but. His, both his underlying stats and his actual output has seen a downturn recently. We talked about that a couple yeah. of weeks ago, about how yeah, maybe yeah. the style isn't quite suiting him as much. Rafina, though, I think, you know, as oh. dangerous as ever, if not more so. And then, yeah, in terms of choosing him as the captain over Kane, it was a case of, like you say, Sheffield United, yeah. pretty poor and pretty poor to how we were going to attack as well, probably. Mm. Of course, Kane is always a good option. I think if I really had to be honest with myself, I probably fell into that trap, which I would tell other people not to, and I can't believe I did it, of thinking I've got Kane, Son and Bale, so if Spurs do well, yeah. cool, I've got that covered, which is a terrible word and I hate it. So I felt more comfortable captaining Rafina. Really, what I should do is just captain the player I thought that was going to score the most. And maybe that was Rafina, maybe it was Kane, that was quite close. But I was quite happy in my Rafina captain to that, you know, because of that bias. But maybe I slipped up there. Yeah, well, I, I think it's one of those moments, isn't it, where um, it that can pay off. If it's a team like Liverpool and you're looking at Mane Salah and they're all, you know, fully firing Liverpool... But you don't, I think it's with Bale. You don't know whether he's going to start. And Son yeah. not starting was a shock because Mourinho said he would be selected. But we just didn't yeah, that, know. That, the Son one surprised me. He's got yeah. decent creative numbers. Uh, yeah. Although a lot of people have Son. I think Bale as well. When I did, I did an article for Scott at the end of last week yeah. just talking about what I would do if I was wildcarding. I had Bale in that. I don't think I would now. Yeah. It looks like for whatever reason, he's not in Mourinho's favour. 
So, yeah, fair enough. It's an easy one to move on to a, to another player, though. OK, well, uh, just before we uh, come on to the main topic um, about wildcard and also trying to keep up with the wildcarders, um, uh, we got some rough with the smooths this time. So a couple of roughs. Uh, Della Feo ended up with nine players this week, um, thanks to Pep Roulette. Um, he also captained Bruno over Kane, so one of those... Uh, never rains, but it pours. But he did have Alexander-Arnold, who got a double-digit haul. Uh, Kanzi was amongst those who captained Havertz. So you were talking about um, captaining um, Rafina in a favourable fixture um, and not going for Kane. There are quite a few who did that with Havertz as well, because on paper, West Brom was was an easy target for Chelsea. Um, let's move to the smooths, though. Uh, Pandin Brian is uh, top of the mini-league, our mini-league, um, and is third overall in the overall standings. So top of the fantasy football scale league, third overall. That's pretty amazing. Um, Peter Alloway, he got the highest score in a league I'm in called the uh, Top 10K Any Season League. Uh, if you've been in the Top 10K Any Season, you're in the league. If you where's, want. My, where's, my, where's my invite? Well, I, oh, I'll, I'll send you a humble, link. Humble, I, humble brag there. I'm really I, sorry. I, I don't actually know who runs it. So if anyone who runs it can let us know. I'd like to know <laughs> more about it. Dora, I'm currently 200K. I just lose. I don't want to. <laughs> it's any season. If you've done it before, any season. Um, uh, well, anyway, Peter Alloway, he timed a bench boost very well. So he had Pope, Lingard, Diaz and Kufal, 24 extra points on the bench boost. Very nice. Um, in a week like this, that's just a simple extra 24 points on everyone that's else. Very nice indeed. Because very few people have bench boosted. So great. Well, like, um, like, you, like you said, this week was quite good for, you know, just before wildcarding, there were some good fixtures. Yeah. Clearly, he's got a great score there. Yeah. He's taken advantage. Fair if play. I didn't have Jed Steer, so for example, if I had, say, a Nick Pope or, you know, a reasonable goalkeeper, I I put, I would have bench boosted because I, I would have got, got rid of it. Um, although would have I would have come a cropper because on the City rotation. But um, nevertheless, and Peter Alloway, he also had Rodri- uh, James Rodriguez in his main team and he captain Kane, got 91 points and he's up to 22k. Well Lovely. done, Peter. Trond, who is in a, another league that I'm part of, the top 1k any season league. So any season, uh, not necessarily this one. Um, but anyway, Trond there, he's up to 11,000 in the overall rankings. He's got 98 points. Um, Pereira's 21 points that helped him what a differential Pereira um, and he also had Jota uh, Alexander-Arnold Kane captaincy um, bearing in mind he was 191 yeah 191st last year in the overall rankings so Trond could be on for another top 500 top 200k finish top 200 finish rather amazing amazing stuff um, let's move on to um, the main topic. So I'm I'm wildcarding uh, this week. Um, earlier this season, I fired off a secret wildcard. Didn't even tell As. I think Karen was in the uh, Scoutcast studio at the time. I didn't tell him. Didn't tell anyone. Um, no discussion. No outside influence. Um, so it was all, all down to me. So this time around, I can blame everyone else. Um, so I'm bearing all for the community. So what I'll do is I'll we'll discuss some of the reasons why I'm wildcarding and why... Um, you two are wildcarding while other people are wildcarding um, I'll, I'll also go through um, some of the players in my thoughts and issues I'm facing because I, I think they'll be similar to other people who are wildcarding and also those who aren't wildcarding because as Karam said there's a bit of a fixture swing at the moment so those who aren't wildcarding are thinking I might might have to take a hit maybe at least a couple of transfers to sort of get your team up to speed um, so hopefully it'll help um, you out and hopefully it'll help me out um, 
Um, so we've got community questions on wildcarding too. So what I'll do is I'll read out some of those questions and what we'll do is during the discussion, hopefully we'll answer all of those. If not, harangue me on Twitter about that. Um, so FPL Dude says, what is the best combination? Jota and Vardy or Salah and Iheanacho? This is a great question because these are all four players in wildcarders thoughts at the moment. But it is difficult to have all four or is it? As we'll find out. Nuclear Atoms, he's on a wild card and he's wondering who the shield should be and who the sword should be. So hopefully we'll come to that. Ian Walker, the best Liverpool players for a wild card. A lot of people going for triple Liverpool. Which ones? There's a four million starting defender in Liverpool's ranks. But then there's Alexander Arnold. Robertson an alternative. Salah, Jota, Mane. Quite a few options there. Which three? FPL Lampard, which is the best formation? Three, four, three, three with Iheanacho, or 3-5-2 with a cheap midfielder instead, like Smith-Rowe, or Saka even, so looking to Arsenal. Um, also with well, with Wolves, something I w- have been considering and will keep considering is whether I go Dendonka deep. 4.6, he's got a goal in him as well, and Wolves have great fixtures. Will I go Dendonka deep? He is there uh, in reserve. So what I'm going to put up now is a, something I call my wildcard checklist. So this is something uh, we'll, I try and ask myself when I'm wildcarding and other people might too, too. So is it the right time? So for me, that's based on some of the other things we're going to discuss. Fixtures form the state of my team. Is, but it, does my team need a wildcard? Do I need a number of um, moves to make to get it into shape? Um, my answer this week is yes, and I'll discuss why. But coming to both of you, You've both used your wild card. Karen, I'll go to you first. It, when is the right time to wild card? When you wild carded, why did you wild card then and why was it the right time? It might chime with some people who are wild carding now. Well, I used my wild card um, just after the WDO Midget 26 that was, I think. And that was because I need to reshuffle things for my team and I had a very expensive bench and I. I was missing some key players that I wanted for, for, for that running. And I think this is one of uh, the key reasons for me, at least, to decide whether it's a good time to wildcard or not. Um, I personally, now, without the wildcard, I find myself maybe four or five players away from the team that I want because of the fixture swing. Um, I don't have any Liverpool cover uh, until last week. So Liverpool has by far the very best fixture run until the end of the season. So I think this game week is a, indeed a very good opportunity to wildcard, especially for those who have already planned uh, as part of their strategies to dead end their team in game week 30, take a punt on Alonso or um, um, any other player, and, and then wildcard because there are a lot of teams have feature swing. That's, that's a key reason for that. And I think there is another opportunity later on this season, around 34, where if you have a good team now and you plan to wildcard later, it could be after the blank 33, 34, could be another good opportunity. But speaking about this game week, um, yeah, I think, I think there's, there's, um, there's um, a valid reason to consider the wildcard. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, and Seb, what about you? When, when was, the, you know, you, you wildcarded previously. Why, why then and why was it the right time? I used mine in 24, I think it was. 
which was just ahead of that. I think it was Leeds had a double in 25. Then we had the 26, obviously leading up to that 29 blank. There was that period of fixtures that we, whether you had chips or not, we were kind of planning as a chunk, weren't we? Mm. I used my wild card to plan for that. I had as well a team that was unsuitable for it, so I did need to make some changes. And it pretty much halved my rank. I think it knocked about 200k off. So that's good. Although, you know, it's a, it's a trading game, right? So now I might expect to lose 100k to the people who are wildcarding, come out net 100 up. That would be good. We'll see what happens. Honestly, I, I wish I had a wildcard now. I was looking at my team and I would probably make, not even if I was forcing myself to, I could probably easily make four transfers. I've got two free transfers, so I could take a minus eight and it would be okay. But as Karim has said well there, there's a few things we could take advantage of now, not least of all the fixture swing. Setting up for future uh, uh, double game weeks with our wild card, maybe changes in you know people like Bale, City having a blank game week, Tottenham then having a blank opposite themselves. One thing to highlight: whether you'd save the wild card for this or not, I don't know. Maybe you just plan for it in this one. Is there's there is a little fixture swing around thirty four and thirty five? I think, of course, we might have another double and thirty five or so, where teams. I think off the top of my head, Chelsea's fixtures get tougher. Uh, Leeds improve, West Ham improve. Well, let's put so maybe you want to plan for that a little bit. Yeah, oh, well, nice. no, I mean, that's a good segue into it. So the, ne- the next one on my checklist is fixtures. And here is the next fixtures. And as you were saying, um, I'll come to the why Why now is a good good time to wildcard. But yeah, looking at that thir- 34, 35, um, this, this is excluding the imminent double game weeks and blanks that, that are inevitably around this time. But exactly what you were saying, um, there, game week 35. Um, I'm going to look down at um, Leeds is what I want. There we go. Um, so, yeah, game week 34, they played Brighton. So bear in mind, they've just played City, Liverpool, Manchester United. Suddenly, game week 34, it becomes amazing. They've got Brighton, Tottenham, and then, then this really good block of three, Burnley, Southampton and West Brom. So I would, I would class Brighton and Tottenham as sort of, okay, but then Burnley, Southampton, West Brom gets really good. And it happened. that happens exactly, you were saying about Chelsea, that happens at exactly the same time. So Chelsea have Fulham, game week 34, and then it just goes awful. They've got City, Arsenal, Leicester, and OK with, with Villa at the end. So the, the, one I, the one I really like there is if you look at um, Chelsea and uh, Leicester have a decent next four. Yeah. Le- I mean, Leicester's all right, kind of a little yeah. bit longer, but they have a decent next four. And then they almost swap perfectly with Leeds and West Ham. So you could yeah. quite easily, for example, just top of my head, do like an Azpilicueta and Alonso yeah. to Cresswell. And then, you know, a Bamford to Antonio. Uh, no, that doesn't make sense. But yeah, a, a, an Iheanacho to a Bamford or an Antonio. Mm-hmm. Something like that is maybe something to keep in mind. If I, to come back to the wildcard, if I was wildcarding now, I would maybe keep a Rafina, put him on my bench because I don't mm-hmm. want him against the next three. If, if I can keep him on my bench, but save myself that transfer, have him come back into the team in 34. I've you know, got a transfer then in the bank. And if I do need someone from the bench in those next few fixtures, who better to have than you know, a man who's turning great yeah. stats into decent output? I, he was... I think later on, yeah, I was yeah, say... I think later on in the discussion, mm. we will talk about the midfielders. Yeah. Um, and I think one of the main questions that we, uh, we've we got already, whether we would you go to Lingard or you would keep Rafinha? Mm. And it's one of the questions I'm asking myself, like, um, should I keep Rafinha or sell him for Lingard or somebody else? So yeah, we'll talk about I, it. Yeah. I am. Um, I did have Rafinha on my wild card, um, and he isn't on my wild card at the moment. But the reason I did have him on my wild card, and it's exactly what you were saying, Seb, it saves a transfer. On a recent Meet the Manager video I had with Tom Stevenson, um, he revealed this was a couple of weeks ago now. So I'm sure his wild card draft is different. Um, but he had Rafinha. 
And his exact reason was, it's a transfer he knows he wants to make in game week 36. Mm. So he's just saved himself a transfer and he's got ahead by at least a transfer on rivals there. And uh, that's why he, according to our live Hall of Fame, is um, just behind Fabio as the second best FPL manager um, of all time that we can track. <laughs> um, so um, that he, he knows what he's doing. And, and that's why I did. But then I thought, I think I might... I'm, I will think I need that place for someone else because there are great players around that price. Lingard is on form and West Ham's fixtures, I would say, are up and down. They're okay. Um, But then you've also got the possibility of Gundogan. Now, I'm without a captain this week um, unless I go for just a tried and tested Fernandes or Kane. And Gundogan could be a good captaincy shout. Could be even though he's starting this week in the yeah. Champions League. I mean, worth, worth noting he's playing tonight, but as we discussed yeah. beforehand, we think, because it yeah. rested at the weekend, there's a decent chance. I think with City's fixtures, mm. uh, just looking at them here, it's tough to nail it completely, because obviously Dortmund tonight, and by the way, they're 1-0 up. Mm. Kevin De Bruyne has scored, assisted mm-hmm. by uh, Mares. That, 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 guy, that guy that doesn't score goals. <laughs> um, I mean, is that, is that six in eight for him now, I think, Karen? Yeah, something like that. It has been in the wrong competition. I think, apart from the press <laughs> against Southampton, I think he got a couple of blanks and he's been spraying the cups and the Champions League. But uh, yeah, I, ho- I hope he plays these. We'll speak about it at the end. Um, the, the other, yeah, so they, they, oh, I was just going to say about Rafinha, just to, just to um, highlight why he isn't in my team, but, but why I do want him <laughs> later is because there is quite a nice um, double move you can do either over two weeks or, or, or straight off. Um, of, if you say have... Phillips instead of Alexander-Arnold and you've got Son you can remove Son to Rafina and upgrade Phillips to Alexander-Arnold which is a nice move I think and I think you're going to get those extra assists from Alexander-Arnold um, and of course we're, I'm unsure about Son at the moment and I know that those final three fixtures if Rafina's fit I want him in my team so that's just something for other for wildcarders to consider there is a nice yeah, I'd, I'd be tempted to have Trent and Phillips if I was doing a wild card now. Phillips is very much I mean, maybe his place is a bit more nailed than it was a few weeks ago, but if it's not, it's 4.0 on the bench, not a problem and if he does play, you know, they've got probably the best fixtures to the end of the season, you'd hope for a clean sheet I would see him and Trent as maybe separate propositions, of course that then means you only have one midfield slot, but I maybe wouldn't have Salah, whereas Trent's oh, we've got a question about Robbo and Trent later, mm. so we'll cover it then, but his his stats are have been fine all season, just maybe not the output and they're looking even better now. So I quite want him anyway, regardless of whether it's a Liverpool defender. Then I'll get Phillips to go alongside that. He's nice and cheap. In midfield, maybe I'd, I'd have Jota. And then, yeah, I'd hold on to Son. I'd have Rafina. I want Kevin De Bruyne. I, I have a thing for him. And currently, I would have had Gareth Bale, but we discussed I'd maybe lose him. So I'd possibly look at, say, having maybe a Lingard. I mean, Antonio's now injured, so if I want a West Ham asset, maybe it is Lingard. Yeah. And keep some money for maybe a son to a Bruno, or maybe I try and get him Bruno in early. Mm. That's possibly what I'd look to do with my triple Liverpool slot. Is Liverpool is is a tizzy <laughs> because yeah, you've mm. you've got this, you've got four million starting defender, you've also got Alexander Arnold, mm. and you've got Jota and Salah. Those four, I think, are really good. And which ones to go for? What you can't obviously you can't have them all. You have to have three um, tops. So one has to go. And ideally, I would have Alexander Arnold, Salah, and Jota. Ideally, I would. But as other wildcarders now will work out, if you have those, you have to make sacrifices elsewhere. 
And then you start to think, mm. do I want to make that sacrifice because of Alexander-Arnold? Mm. And when you start making sacrifices just because of one player. But yeah, that, that's, that, that's something I'll come to when we talk about um, players. But yeah, just looking at the, the, the fixtures there, um, these are good times to wildcard. So 31, we can see the fixture swing there of what we're coming so, yeah. Um, so the likes of Villa, Leeds, they they all had great fixtures, but now they don't. <laughs> um, and then the likes of Liverpool, Wolves, Arsenal, um, West Ham are still patchy, but Liverpool, Wolves, Arsenal are much better. Tottenham have this double game week as well. You've got to factor that in. Um, um, and um, I think that's the main one really as well. Man City having. Having more rotation is something also to factor in as well. But then, as, as Seb was pointing yeah. out, game week 35, 36, that's another great, great move. So let's let's have a look yeah. back at the, the wildcard checklist. Um, is it the right time? Well, we decided, you know, can can be this time for those who are. Um, fixtures, we've looked at there. So fixtures is the main criteria, I think, for me. Yeah. But form, player form. And that, that brings us into something Seb was talking about, about... Um, Alexander Arnold talking about uh, the Liverpool defence and which ones to go for. So the table I got up at the moment is last four matches, and this is um, I, I call it the worst defences. But if you look at the bottom of it, obviously they're the best defences. So in terms of big chances conceded, the teams you want to target so are Sheffield United, Burnley, Arsenal at the moment, Crystal Palace, and Wolves and Southampton. These are the ones that are likely to ship goals. A varying degree Sheffield United obviously will likely to ship much more um, expected goals conceded of well over 10 they conceded nine um, mm-hmm. Burnley as well um, we we uh, last week to tip Southampton as uh, against Burnley as a good fixture to target as a one-week punt um, I think I, I recommended Adams who didn't actually play but of course Ings um, and Armstrong, Redmond, any of those one-week punts, those who went for a Southampton player, well done. Um, but if you look down the bottom, the best defences, despite what happened um, against West Brom, is Chelsea, then Liverpool, Manchester United, Man City. So usual suspects. Also Leeds are there as well. Um, but Liverpool weren't there before. Liverpool were right up there. They were one of the worst defences, and now they're one of the best because they got Kabak and Phillips and they've got this steady centre-back pairing. I would argue Fabinho back in midfield as well, yeah. which of course is because, like you yeah. say, they've now got a centre-back pairing, but he probably makes the biggest difference to their defensive yeah. solidity. And then by knock-on, maybe their chances of scoring higher up the pitch as well, because if you're collecting the ball in the right areas, holding onto it, stopping other teams breaking through you and able to recycle it, they're probably able to create better and more consistent chances for themselves, or at least chances in the way they want to create them, which again mm. brings us back to the full-backs. Yeah. So looking at those defences there, to wildcard now, or if you're not wildcarding, defenders to target, I think a Chelsea defender looks key, despite what happened with West Brom. A Liverpool defender looks key, and there's a lot of choice there. A Manchester United one looks key. So obviously Shaw is an important player there because he can get assists. A Man City defender, um, which one's going to start? Well, Edison or Diaz, really. So if you can, if you can stretch that far to one of those two, great assets to get and then we discussed Leeds fixtures are pretty poor at the moment so I expect them 
um, to uh, rise up this table in terms of the worst defences and then hopefully get better when we want to target them. But they're the ones we want to be targeting. So obviously you want to be targeting teams as well that are playing the likes of Sheffield United as well as getting those key defences. And if we look at um, player form as well, so this might this certainly help my decision. You know, do I own a lot of these players? Um, and uh, you know, have I got players from from, play, from teams with poor fixtures um, and poor defenses? Um, so here we can see why Kane is. I'm going to just call him essential. I'm just going to say it out there, the E word. Because um, he's got a double game week and he's the best player at the moment because he's getting assists, he's getting goals. His expected goal involvement is well over five. Uh, big chances, five. Goals, five. I mean, this is great. He's just not, you know, he's hitting his underlying stats. There's no anomalies here. He's just there. Minutes per goal attempts in the box. Every 31 minutes, uh, 32 minutes or so. That's great. Um Eight, yeah, 11 shots inside the box, eight on target. These are really good prime Kane moves. Ian Acho there. So if we think he's going to keep his place, um, he is a great asset to have with Lee, with Leicester's fixtures there. So he's a player to bring in as well. Jesus is the City form player at the moment. And he's been rested Champions League. He's very much in my thoughts as a one-week punt uh, on my wildcards. Jesus so um, would you would you what have him for you'd wildcard him in and then immediately look to transfer him? I'd immediately get rid of him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because um, is that is that something you want to do though? Do you want? I know we've discussed well, obviously looking at players I, in thirty four, but should you should you make a transfer for yourself in your wildcard? What happens if a couple of players get injured? Is that something? You well, want to that's carry? the beauty of wildcarding because your bench conceivably uh, should be a, you should have a good bench at the moment. I'm I'm Jed steered deep in this. You know, I was Mitchell deep. Um, but you know, I was nowhere. Deep. Oh, yeah, Chowdhury deep. I was almost Chowdhury deep. <laughs> I don't want to be that deep into my, my bench. But hopefully, in theory, wildcarding. So, for example, if if I've got to make that transfer, so that means I'm behind on another transfer. But because I'm wildcarding, I mean, I'm up on about five or six transfers. So it should all pay out. And also, so we'll find out with the captaincy this week and those that listen to me and David this morning. Um, on the uh, captaincy podcast and video. Um, it's a tough choice this week. And City against Leeds is one of the better fixtures to target. Mm. Um, so, yeah, anyway, so Jesus there. And then Chris Woods, don't laugh, is a really good option at the moment. But his fixtures aren't too bad. Vidra, Vidra Deep. Vidra ah. Deep. Vidra Deep. Um, I think it was Ted recommended Vidra last week and Vidra scored. Yeah. Chris Woods is the fourth best in terms of expected goal involvement. But anyway, these Go these, on, Chris. these are last yeah. four matches, by the way. Um, all, all unless otherwise stated, uh, everything's last four matches. Just a really good um, recent metric to use. Um, then you've got Jesse Lingard there. Um, four big chances. Bruno Fernandez still rocking around. Rafina De Bruyne, Lacazette. If you're going for an Arsenal mm. asset, Lacazette's probably the one to get. Um, last four matches this is so this doesn't include Ashley Barnes being injured or anything um, and Calvert-Lewin is there uh, although Richarlison is is sort of usurping his place slightly in the stats but anyway these are the these are the these are the form players at the moment so if they've got good fixtures as well you kind of you want to be targeting them really um, so um, I don't know in that list there I mean there's a, it's a hodgepodge of people it's you know the likes of Chris Wood there <laughs> but um does any of those names appeal, Karen or Seb? Well, one that jumps out to me, I know, I know, you know, this isn't too uh, too inobvious at all, but Ian Acho, 
he's high on your list there, but also it's worth noting over the season that he has, and of course he's played many fewer minutes than other players, but he's played more recently. It is yeah. still holding up. He has, I think, the third highest of players playing regularly, mins per XGI of a 128.2, which is up there with Vardy. Vardy's a lot more expensive and the only thing he really has over him is penalties. So you could save some money there. He's up there with Kane and Antonio, who are, although, mm. you know, maybe Antonio's injured now, but other players I would seriously be looking at. So at least while they've got decent fixtures, mm. or at least until we know that Madison and or Barnes are going to change the way they're playing, I think he's a good one to have in for one, two, three fixtures. Yeah. And then if you must, you bench him or transfer him out. He's only yeah. cheap. Yeah, definitely. I remember on a scout cast years ago when he was back in, when he was at City. And we, we were quite amazed at the time at where he was in the stats tables. His goal conversion was huge. I mean, he was often a sub, you know, in, in the Jesus role of old. But he would come on and it was ridiculously clinical. Um, and, and as we're seeing here, he still is. So I'm wondering if over a period of time, he's retaining that clinical touch. So he scored five goals. He's had seven shots inside the box, six of them on target, and five of them actually gone past the keeper. So this is ridiculously clinical. And some people will look at that and go, you know, you're going to revert to the mean. You can't keep that up. But this is his mean. <laughs> this is what he was like at City. He's just been a sub a lot. So I'm wondering. And then, and the future, the, the, the next fixtures support that, support mm. him to keep up this, this yeah. high conversion yes. rate. Uh, it's going to be tricky a bit against West Ham, although Wolves that we, I personally did not believe that they are strong in attack, have managed an XG of 2.5 yesterday. So I, I think Lister can can do some damage to, to West Ham defence. But then if you look at the fixtures afterwards, it's it's insane. I mean, you play West Brom, Crystal Palace, Southampton, and then Newcastle. So at least you've got to have a striker there. Mm. And um, I have I have Vardy, and I get the I understand the and appreciate the argument that you can save a lot of cash uh, by going a and um, over Vardy, but why not having both? Now. The, the investment now and the wild card comes in a time when Madison is back and the first one who made way against City was Ian Acho, but you can understand that because he just played in yeah. Nigeria a few days before that and he arrived like 48 hours before the game. So going forward with Barnes is still absent and Madison back in the 11, how is the new formation would be? Uh, would that be Ayuse Perez who drops out? Would that be Nacho? Who drops out? So it's a still we need one more game. I personally need one more game okay. to be hundred percent sure uh, with Ianacho in the next four games. Although he is now in my team, I, I have made mm. I have made the transfer <laughs> and I put him in. So if you are on a wild card, I think it's it's really valid argument to have both of them yeah. um, in a wild card because the fixtures are are too yeah. good. Um, Madison yeah. is a player I really want, but I don't think I can get him in. All various formations yeah. I've looked at it just it's an annoying price for the way that my team is set up um and other people might find that for other people Madison might be the perfect price um and that's just and there's the more options up, uh, in midfield than up yeah front, yeah this is this is too much you get Harry Kane you get two others midfield yeah. there's loads and there's and there's cheaper alternatives um yeah. to Madison so and then you've got to factor in getting the defense as well let's have a look um and so, oh, actually, before I go back to the checklist as well, I, I've got some stats here that I, I haven't put up on screen here, um, but it was something we were discussing on the captaincy 
video this morning. Um, we talk, it just ties in with those questions about Liverpool defenders. Um, can Robertson cover Alexander-Arnold? I don't think he can. <laughs> um, because Alexander-Arnold is on red-hot form at the moment. So last four matches, he's created 11 chances, which is by far the most of any Liverpool player. I think the next nearest is Mane with four. Um, and then you look through and he's had um, you know a couple of goal attempts as well. So he's obviously got an assist from that. His expected goal involvement is um, higher than Jota um, in terms of the minutes played um, and just behind Mane and Salah um, and uh, better than Firmino's, which you would expect because Firmino has not been a good fancy asset for a long time now. Um, but Alexander-Arnold, definitely really strong. Um, Salah is starting to get the volume of... because So... Salah's problem has always been goal conversion, but I say problem, but it's just such a huge volume of shots that some go in. <laughs> and all you want is like, so if you get three of them go in in a match, you've got a hat trick. So you've got a huge haul. So he's yeah. had 12 goal attempts, um, seven of those inside the box, four on target. So these are okay. These are good. These are been studying. I don't know. I don't know what being a studying at the University of Salah, <laughs> Salology, um, and this is this is fine stats. I feel steady with these Salah stats here. Twelve shots, seven inside the box, four on target. That's Salah. If they if he if he starts having like two shots over the last four matches, and no, then I, then I start to worry. If he starts to have twenty, then I think whoa, he's really good. Um, yeah. So um, this is this is prime Salah stuff. So anyway, um, let's move back. Um, to- just like, just like, just on Trent and Robbo, if I may, just to add to your point. I think it's worth noting as well. We've established that you know Trent is looking pretty good, yeah. but over the season he just about pips uh, Robbo for XG, XA, all those numbers you'd want. For example, XG Robbo has one point three three, Trent has one point seven seven, so not too much. Maybe you could make it up with a price difference. But then since game week twenty four, which I chose somewhat arbitrarily, but it shows a little turn in their form. Robertson has zero point two XG and Trent has zero point four seven. And then in XA, that sort of ratio is reflected again, which shows that not only has Trent been better over the season, but he's possibly accelerating away from Robertson at the moment. So if their defence is improving, if their creative chances are improving, it really is Trent Alexander-Arnold that is the one doing that. He is the absolute top of the list of players I want but don't have. But I have a wild card, so surely I should have him if he's top of that list, which is um, something I'll discuss um, a little bit later. So let's have a look at the wild wild card checklist. So we were. Is it the right time? Fixtures form. Um, this is another one of my things I get, which is about price points and people. Price points aren't rigid. It's it's essentially this rule. Can I get any player, any other player that I don't have within two moves? And the Alexander Arnold one I discussed. So say for example, I have Son and Phillips in two moves. So that's either a hit over two weeks or two free transfers, I can get Alexander-Arnold for Phillips and Rafina in for Son. That's a nice, easy move to make. I'd, I'd look at my um, wild cards, well, my wild card, which in its version that I put up earlier in our notes, and I think I can get any player within two moves still. And if I can't do that, then I worry a bit, because if it's especially if it's a player I definitely want. So this is why Salah is definitely in my wildcard team. And if he doesn't, I need to make sure I can get him in quick. And what I don't want... So, for example, what I don't want is um, lots and lots of expensive strikers, lots of um, who I want to keep, and then spreading all my budget around the side. And, and I can't quite get to Salah without a bit of surgery, maybe three moves. 
And I don't want to get that. I want to better get him in one or two moves. And so that's something um, to take into account. Um, if, if you had to choose one of Jota and Salah, and obviously it's not a question in isolation because it impacts the rest of your team, especially with price. I originally very much would have said Jota. Mm. But I'm wondering, you know, you've seen, you've got the numbers there. If you can manage it with price, and I really do want Trent, I wonder if I fancy Salah that little bit more, even if it's just because I think Jota is starting tonight in the Champions League and mm. Firmino isn't. I don't know what that means for the weekend. And um, we saw all four of them on the pitch last weekend and Jota did well. He only had two shots, but he scored two goals. Yeah. He was playing number nine, I believe. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if if I could afford it, I would just get Salah, leave it there and be happy. The only, the reason I originally maybe wanted Jota other than just Price is that captaincy. I'd want to make sure I was going to captain Salah if I had yes. it. Because at, at that price, I need to double the points. Otherwise, he's not worth it. So maybe we're thinking because Harry Kane's a good captain quite a few times. We need to look at who we're uh, going to captain. And and the fixtures and the fixtures for the Liverpool, there are some decent games where um, you might captain a Liverpool player. Mm. And if I have only Jota, then I wouldn't be as confident as if I captain Salah just because I know that Salah will play pretty much every game. Um, on, on current form, it seems that Jota is is involved in approximately fifty percent of all Liverpool goals when he's when he's playing. Uh, and that's decent. So if you see beforehand the team sheet and Jota is in happy days, I'm happy to captain mm-hmm. him. But because I don't, um, and uh, as far as I can see now, Liverpool are two goals behind in in, Liverpool, in against Real Madrid. I don't I don't actually trust Jota to play against say that next game week against mm-hmm. um, um, Villa. And so if I want to captain Liverpool player, I might captain Salah if I if I want to, rather than Jota just because of that reason. Uh, but I, I still think that they, having both of them over two defenders is, is the way, at least for me, um, mm-hmm. just because of the the upside that both of them can give you. If you are chasing, then many managers will go for one yeah. attacker, so you you might get that you might get that opportunity to have two attackers and make like potentially bigger gains. But I totally get the argument of going for yeah. Phillips plus. Trent um, as well. So, for example, with Alexander-Arnold, um, so Liverpool concede. They have many times this season. So they concede. So you, then you're looking at Alexander-Arnold for those assists. Um, he hasn't got that strong goal-scoring potential at the moment, but he's definitely got the assist potential there. So you, then you're looking at assists. Um, yeah. But whereas with Jota, if you see he's not in the starting lineup and he comes on in the 80th minute, I'm still not worried because he could still score one or two goals because that's the sort of player he is. Super sub. Um, So I'm happy if he starts. I'm okay if he doesn't um, because I know, I'm I'm fairly certain he will get minutes as well. But it comes back to the captaincy. I'll come to the captaincy shortly, but um, would I captain Jota? No. Would I captain Salah? Yes. Would I captain Alexander-Arnold? Probably no. Um, But he's definitely in the thoughts. Um, Looking back at the wildcarding checklist as well. So those wildcarding now, future, whenever, does it take into account future blanks and doubles? So, I mean, both both of you mentioned in your previous wildcards, obviously we, we went through blanks and double game weeks and that was a factor. Um, but your wildcard and the personnel you have has to take that into account. So the previous lot, um, obviously leads were absolutely key. The less key for this, this one. Um, but other players are. Spurs are obviously key. Game week 32 double. And now I'm going to, read this out but I'm not sure whether it's right because I do tend to glaze over a bit with fixtures I love it's a bit of a paradox I love planning and all these guns looking into the future but when people start mentioning about 
fixtures and this has got to move here and they can't do that because it's televised and I just glaze over it's just like reading the phone book to me sometimes um but as far as I know I think so people can glaze over here um so I think as far as I know Aston Villa Everton Southampton should they definitely got a double coming up and it should be in game week 35 we think Chelsea and Leicester well at least one of them could as well I think because game week 36 is the FA Cup or something to do with that or the League Cup. I don't know. As I said, I glaze over with these things. But yep. Chelsea, Leicester, possibility. City, Brighton, Leeds, Crystal Palace, all possibilities for game week 35 double. Might not. They could do. Um, have I got that right? I mean, as I said, I do tend to glaze over. So I, <laughs> I mean, you, you sent it to me earlier, so I'm just going to nod. <laughs> okay. pretend, pretend, pretend I look smart. But I would say... We were talking about, you know, you you may be planning for some transfers earlier and or whether you should save them. I guess that for me, that's just another reason as maybe why if you're wildcarding now, you probably want at the very least, and if you don't have the free hit, you want two free transfers in your pocket yeah. for that week. Yes. So I would say, I mean, we know there's a bit of a fixture swing as well about 34, 35. I would say you probably want to make a wildcard now that you can carry two transfers with. Yes. So someone like Rafina, maybe, I know it's the while until he has good fixtures, but you hold him. Mm. Maybe your plan of, you know, losing Son, go, it was, you know, Son to someone and then bringing in Son Trent to Rafina and then Flips oh. to Trent. If I think I guess there we go. Then. So I, I, I would say I would probably just do that now. If you want Son, maybe find another way of getting Son. Yeah, well, I don't see, know if that's the right I way to go, but it feels not, you don't want. Him. I don't even Just want. Don't, him. don't have him then. Don't have him. Well, then. I don't I, want I think, him. I think, but I think yeah. I might need him <laughs> because he's got a double <laughs> game week. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's that's what goes through people's mind. Yeah. Um, but yeah. it, I'm, I'm not going to pretend that I know the schedule, but I okay. think that the FA Cup final is going to be on the 37, and so there will be a few game few games to be rearranged. Yeah. And ideally, you would have to move it to the same midway, so they remain in the same fixture. But because of the new UK regulation, potentially that mm. allow each team to have a game at home, yeah. those game we those those games from that game week will be rearranged earlier to 35. So that's why we are talking about the potential of having a double game week in 35, and that's all permutations uh, to have concrete info yet. But uh, yeah, that's that's more or less about it. Yeah. So, so as you can see, I mean, especially with me, I'm a lot not, of noise. I'm not the I'm not one of those experts on the fixtures coming up, and um, so I've got to make a wild card that does take into account something I don't know. So I'm just going to go with it. I'm just going to run headlong. You know, Leroy Jenkins style, just go absolutely for it <laughs> and just hope for the best. Um, but, and that's why when I talked about the other push possibility in 34 to, to, to wildcard in 34, you would probably have a, a clearer idea on how the double game in 35 yeah, will, yeah. will look like, and yeah. therefore you might put it there. Yeah, but I, I, believe, still, I believe we should get them on the I believe we should get them on the eve of 34, so you would know. So, so those um, whether you're saving transfers. So or those that are considering wild, yeah, those that are considering wildcarding now, but actually have an okay team, mm. can say move a couple of Leeds players out or something like that, and and just mm. in a couple of moves have their team okay. It is worth waiting till game week 34. Um, I don't particularly want to. I want to mm. use it now because I want to get a good eight or nine weeks um, out of it. I don't want just four weeks, but for some people, if your team's in good shape and you've got your your rank mm. is doing well, just wait because you're going to get so much information and you can really attack mm. game week um, thirty five then or the doubles or the blanks and arrange that. Um, another thing I've got to take into account, I haven't listed it here because this isn't going to apply to everyone. It's just me. I've still got a bench boost left, so 
I need to take into account future blanks and doubles that I don't know or have any understanding of and it bores me rigid, yet at the same time plan it so well that my bench boost is optimised for it. Um, yeah, it's impossible. So I'm just going to, as I said, I'm just going to run with it and hope for the best. Um, the final thing on the wildcarding checklist is something we will know, really, is have I got good captains? So these are the captains that we relied on. And we've alluded to it before with Liverpool. Would we captain Jota? Would, would we captain Alexander-Arnold? Would we captain Phillips? Would we captain Salah? Mm, yes. So um, looking at the captain, I've, I've consulted the Great My Team computer for this. Um, and so I looked at who has the best ratings, predicted ratings, um, this this has all sorts of things in the algorithm here and it comes out with a figure and in terms of over the next um, remaining fixtures who is uh, the best players so therefore who will be the best captain who would get the best score in each week um, it's either Salah or Kane for most of the weeks up until game week 37 when it becomes Fernandes but in the meantime Fernandes is still a great captaincy shout He's just, there's just Kane and Salah are good as well. So if you've got Salah, Fernandez, and Kane, for most of the weeks, you've got three of the best captaincy shouts if you think City are going to rotate. You've got three of the best captaincy shouts there. And so that's a great, one of the questions earlier was about swords and shields. There's your shields, done, done and dusted. And you don't have to worry about captaincy, just captain one of them. Chances are they're going to do well. I put Mane is in the list as well. So we think Mane is going to improve. He is um, a differential captaincy option. But we can see, um, I think it's obviously game week 33. Kane's not playing. So he's not an option there. Hey, presto, Salah's the best one. Fernando's not too bad either. Um, you know, it goes on like that, really. Game week 31. Rate my team crew. says just telling me, forget all the jiggery pokery and doing all the doing all the fancy planning. Just Captain Salah is saying... Um, Often it's right, so it's often it's very, very specifically right for there. And sometimes you'll recommend a captain, I'll just go, oh, that's a bit boring. And then that captain will come in with a double digit haul. How many times have we seen that with Fernandez? So that's another thing I'm considering, and other people want to consider. Have a look at something like Rate My Team Computer and have a look at the uh, predicted um, scores coming up. Do you have those top captains for that week? All of those weeks are covered if I've got at least two of those. Kane or Fernandez, Salah. Uh, I think out of the three of them, I think Fernandez is probably the lesser of Salah. I think Salah and Kane are just really key for the captaincy. I don't know. What what do you two think about captains? Do you, I mean, do you have in your head with your your non Valcardi team who you're going to captain um, each week until the thirty game week thirty eight? Well, just, I. Uh... So to me, I haven't planned it until the end of the season, but I think uh, at least for the next few game weeks, um, there are some decent options. Um, I think the trickiest of them is the next game week, actually, because the um, captaincy is really up in the air. Uh, you can draw KDB, you can draw for, I don't know, Fernandez or Kane, depends how you think of the game would look like, uh, whether it's a faced role or it's uh, a nil-nil written all over it. But for the next game weeks, we pretty much are going for Kane or Sun uh, for, for the double game week. 33 is going to be an interesting one. If you are invested in Liverpool, then you might draw against Newcastle. Uh, and so you'd like to think that you will have on your wide card between two to three captain options between now and end of the season, just to have that easy flexibility to decide which one you want to go for. 
and it helps you a lot in in deciding which um, which players you would you would pick. Um, Thirty three. I'm looking at Vardy, for example, who is playing Crystal Palace at home. Um, he's gonna be another option. So looking at those premiums, premiums, there are a lot of options. Um, to be fair, mm-hmm. uh, start from game week thirty three because thirty two is kind of a clear, but mm. you can also go for different captains in 32, uh, like Vardy against West Brom, um, still an option. Um, yeah, I think I think one of the key reasons to, of course, when you, con- key things to consider when you wildcard is to have a couple of captain options that you are pretty much set on pending some major news during that period with someone injured or goes out of form or whatever. Um, but yeah, so that's that's pretty much about the, the captaincy. Okay. So Liverpool, Leicester, could be Kane and, and City going forward uh, for the next So City in the, the mix for you. Um, Seb, Seb, are you... Yeah, what do you could think? be Aguero in 38 or something okay. like that. <laughs> um, and Seb, what, what about your captaincy um, considerations up until 38? Who's in the mix? You're, you're... You're totally captaining uh, Aguero in 38. I'm doing it. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, did, I did it. I'm that, doing it. Yeah. That, that game, the, um, the great game, you know, the great swinging the shirt round yeah. game. And, um, mm. and so I was ha- I'm not a City fan, but I was so happy because I at least I got a goal finally from my captain and it didn't look like I was. Yeah. Wasn't that, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't that game, obviously not only did Aguero clinch the title for City there, but didn't it also clinch the FPL title for someone? Wasn't someone relying on a point swing in yeah, that moment yeah, to also win the thing? That's brilliant. That's often it. I mean, I remember, I mean, my, I, I've never won FPL, obviously, but I did really particularly well one year where I won lots of lots of cups and things in a final game, and it was Drogba. And it was when Lampard nice. handed the penalty to Drogba so he could get the golden boot and a hat-trick. Um, in my head, for me, my FPL yeah, yeah. team. So he could win you your cups, Joe. <laughs> um, and oh, yeah. It, and, and so... In FPL, I like lo- I like those kinds of things. Going for the golden boot. That's the other thing to mention as well. I mean, Aguero. It's not the golden yeah, boot, true. but it's, it's it's you know it's a huge match for him. Um, he's going to start. He's going to get clapped off. So in the 80th minute, something like that, and you know should you know, everyone's going to want him to score. But Salah and Kane are in the mix for the golden boot this year. They're going to be competing against yeah. each other. They are both. I mean, they're both those clinical, selfish strikers that. They care about these things as they should, yeah. so they're I mean, going to we'll, go for it. We'll probably cover it a bit when we talk about Lingard uh, shortly. But uh, you know, I'm a big proponent of stats, and mm-hmm. I, I like things that I can measure and are tangible and I can predict with. But it's absolutely fair enough to say put Salah or Kane up there and mm-hmm. go, okay, look, I know they've got great stats or great fixtures or whatever, but there's also that intangible of, yeah. well, they might just want it a bit more. Are they going to run that extra yard? Are they going to nick a penalty off? So I mean, they don't both, both take penalties, but you know what I mean. Are they really going to go for it in a way that is hard to quantify, but you can factor it into your thinking if you say, look, okay, maybe, maybe Tottenham are out of everything and don't care, so we could ignore Tottenham, but oh, wait, Harry Kane's going for the golden boot, so maybe I do want him. Yeah. And I think that's fair enough. Yeah, de- definitely. And so in seasons past, I have had the likes of Drogba, Van Persie, um, towards the end, the ones that are going for the golden boot. And obviously we've seen with Kane and Salah recently. Um, so, you know, with all of that in mind... Um, is my wildcard. So this is my wildcard as of midday. It's completely different now. So I'm not going to put the latest one on because it changes all the time because it's all about um, juggling money at the moment. So I will say, I'll, I'll just preface this to say that currently 
Son and Calvert-Lewin are not in my wildcard team currently. I'm not saying they're not going to come back again, but because um, Son might go down in price tonight and I'll lose money on him. So they're out and Calvert-Lewin is um, looking, look, he's shipping um, owners as well. And in comes Vardy and Neto, who are players who I might get in, but I might not. But Vardy also gives me the option to possibly get Aguero or Jesus in to captain this week. Um, so with that in mind, here is my wildcard team as of about midday. So as I've said, Calvert-Lewin isn't there at the moment. Vardy is. Son isn't there. Neto is. So I've got Leno and Forster. Four million Forster starting for Southampton. Um, I've got Rudiger. Shaw, we were talking about targeting the best defences, Chelsea and Manchester United. I've got Phillips as four. I can't get to Alexander-Arnold. Phillips is the one I want, but I have got an Alexander-Arnold entry plan. Um, Cody, uh, the Wolves defender, I think he... The I'm, I'm still intrigued by the fact that he's been told to get up and attack um, because it has never happened I have before. something about Cody. Oh, good, good. good stuff. Um, yeah. I've also got uh, Rob Holding in um, because it looks like David Luiz is out. I need to find out mm. whether David Luiz is definitely out for a while because when David Luiz is out, Holding tends to play. And I, in the Sky, Sky managers will know what I'm talking about here because um, when David Luiz was out before periods, Rob Holding came in and he was a legend. <laughs> he was a legend in the mm. Sky game because he gets loads of other passing, tackling bonus. Um, but anyway, he's a starting for our Arsenal have great fixtures. Um, and although they've just got beaten by Liverpool, they have great fixtures. Um, so, um, and he's cheap, 4.2. I've got Salah. I've currently got Lingard, but he could become Gundogan. I've got Fernandes. I haven't got Son, but I could have Son. <laughs> I've got Jota. Um, Cavaluin or Vardy. Ian Acho and Kane. So out of that lot, likely to remain is Shaw... Fernandez, Forster, Jota, Iheanacho and Kane. And that's mainly on value and captaincies we talked about there. Um, and of course, Salah is likely to remain as well. Yeah. And there for the price but may stay list is Holding, Cody, Leno, Phillips, uh, Lingard, Calvert-Lewin, Son. I mean, all of these are up for grabs, basically. Um, and I'm not wedded to them. Um, and... The various plans I could have is around City and the captaincy. At the moment, um, Salah or Kane or Fernandez are options, but I'm not overly happy with any of them for this week um, because of their fixtures. But I do like City and especially like the fact that Sterling, Aguero and Jesus were rested tonight in the Champions League. So for my particular system, I, I think Gundogan in and captained instead of Lingard is a nice safe move I am quite intrigued by getting Jesus in and captaining Jesus who is the form City player at the moment and then immediately moving him and out and then Jesus Jesus' then, conversion uh, is often poor I think and so. then he gets then he gets benched anyway <laughs> it feels I mean I, I, I hope I'm wrong I hope I'm wrong for your sake but Jesus feels a bit like a trap 
it feels like one of those, oh, he didn't play tonight and he could not play yeah. the next three yeah. matches. He could not play, yeah. he can play for a year. Over. He could play every yeah. game. You just don't know. So I am quite cheap mm. by that, mainly because it enables me to get Vardy in. And as Karen mentioned, Vardy is a cap in a, is another in the captaincy shout. So a twone in a week, four or five potential mm. captains. That's 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 what I've just come out of. Um, so you should get, a, you know, at least an above average score then each week. Um so yeah, there's some issues there. I'll, I'll come to see, see what both of you think in a sec. But my current issues are either three five two with Alexander Arnold and having a non-playing third striker, so like Davis or Brewster. Or, as soon as I say the names, I'm not interested. Um, or three four three without, um, which I think is going to be better for my potential bench boost whenever I use it. Bench boost still to play. The the chip I hate, but I've still got to use it. Um, game week thirty five, I have to consider. Um, this is why I initially had Calvert-Lewin in. I think I'm gonna, with Everton, Southampton and Aston Villa, I'm going to want at least one of Calvert-Lewin, Watkins or Ings for their double. So I want a, I want a sort of upper mid-priced striker there. So obviously Vardy fits the bill because Vardy can come down to one of those. Um, uh, blank 36. So <laughs> there could be blank fixtures in 36 as well to consider. Um Home fan rearrangement I'll put in here. So that's all tied up with those future fixtures. Um, City captaincy in 31. I don't want to rip up my team for that, which Jesus could be. Um, but at the same time, so I think Gund- Lingard for Gundogan. Gundogan in captain instead of Lingard. That's probably... If, if Gundogan very likely will come will, will not come on at all or he'll come on and do yeah. something or start and do something. But um, I'm okay captaining him and then vice captaining Salah, for example. Um, yeah, the one and, thing we've seen with City, I mean, it's it's worth watching, you know, what happens tonight. But the one thing we've yeah. seen Guardiola change a bit is instead of rotating, mm. say, during a match, so someone comes off at 60, yes. someone comes on for another, the final half hour, what have you, he seems to be giving people 90s, yeah. sometimes not even making all his subs, and then making more yeah. changes. And then miss game. out. Yeah. And so, um, and the other yeah. thing I've just written down my issues um, is something that, that Seb mentioned earlier is this Leeds fixture swing in 36. Um, Leicester, Wolves, Chelsea. There's a variety of assets who can make way. Then it's a nice, it's a nice change in the fixtures. So I have to sort of plan for that. So with all that in mind, and my team as it is um, at the moment, um, what do either of you think? <laughs> well, there is a question from the chat and from me as well. Where is Man City in your team, Joe? I, I think at least you've got to have Diaz. I look at the fixtures and I don't see any team scoring. Um, Against against City, even though they have the blank there, so you can bench him. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think that you need more than Rodriguez in in your Chelsea defense. I don't, I don't, I, I wouldn't really take read but too I, much I, I, into I'm their just, results. Just, saying, just one thing to note is when, yeah. when it says money remaining, have a have a have a just check out <laughs> that figure mm. there. So yes, I would love yeah. to have Aspilicueta, Alexander Arnold. Um. Mm. I would like to have three city, whatever you know. I I just can't I can't <laughs> afford them all. Um, yeah, yeah. Diaz, yeah. Mm. A, a, a back enough. three of Diaz, Alexander Arnold, and Aspilicueta would be great with Shaw as well. I, you know, I can't. I'm on I'm on zero point zero. But yeah, I I completely agree. Mm. I um I think Diaz though. I mean, what am I going to get from Diaz? Am I going to get assists? Am I going to get goals? Am I going to get anything above six You're points? Gonna, might might be too much to say, but out of the next four, six, seven games remaining, you might get forty-two points. 
of a clean sheet. I mean, I mean, he's very consistent, mm. and he doesn't know a rest. Uh, he's gonna be benched next game week. Um, and then you, he is. I think the City defense has proved, along with the Chelsea, take away post prom game, have proved to be the most likely teams to keep a clean sheet regardless of the opposition. And, and therefore, you look at. I don't know if you sold them, you confer the transfer him, we will cost you maybe six million or so. But with that, you you get consistent points uh, over the next game weeks. And if, if he's the only investment in your team, then you might bench him in 33. Mm-hmm. Uh, depends how you plan things up. But I totally get that the other options are, are good as well. I mean, um, the other thing that p- puts me off Diaz slightly yeah. is, is just, uh, I mean, I had, I've had Edison mm-hmm. since January uh, or so. And Edison's yeah. been great. Um, but mm. but but he's also only got me five or six points every week. And I think you know over a period of time, yeah. five or six points from a player. You know if he's averaging, if he's cost six million and he's averaging five or six points a, a match, that's, that's great. But with with nine nine mm. matches left, I want a little bit more, and either value mm. to invest elsewhere. So for example, Holding and Phillips both four four point two. That extra money, that extra two million, can go into making sure I get get Salah and Fernandez captaincy shouts on Kane. Um, but yeah. whereas, do you what, want double yeah. Arsenal defense though? You showed us earlier how Arsenal's defense isn't the best, but they've got oh. good fixtures, and I think good defensive yeah, yeah. fixtures too. But mm. do you want two of them? Uh, well, that's the, I, when will I need to? I will need to in a potential bench boost week, which will be coming up at some point. So I'd basically be structuring my whole nine weeks based on possibly using a bench boost when Arsenal may or may not get a clean sheet one week. So the I mean holding and so I'm towards the end of the um, show I'll put my um, my team up at the moment. But hold, holding is just he's he's going to be on the bench virtually all the time. Um, but he does play as well. So yeah, do I want do I want double Arsenal? No, I, if it was David Luiz and Leno every week, no. Um, the other thing I like about Leno and Forster mm. is they do have a very nice rotation. When Leno has got, I think they've only got two bad fixtures. Uh, put the fixtures back up. Uh, their remaining fixtures. So Arsenal and game week thirty three, they've got Everton, and game week thirty six, they got Chelsea, um, and Southampton have got uh, by coincidence. Uh, Oh no, that's it. Game week thirty three. I have to play Leno in there, but it's game week thirty six mm. is the is the tricky one where they play Chelsea and then looking mm. down. Yeah, that's right. Southampton play Fulham then, and of course Southampton have a double game week. So, for, that's why Force is mm. definitely in. Um, but no, Leno's not nailed. Could be Patricio. I had to toy with that, but then we've seen with the Wolves defense or Mendy. Yeah, if I, how much is Patricio? Is five point three. Yeah. So he's more, and I can get if I mm. want Wolves defense, I can get Cody in for that who's also not nailed. Um, but also looking at that, um, what I've got there, I would like to actually have um, Mendy, yeah, Mendy at Chelsea, but then mm. I can get Rudiger for less. And what will Mendy get me more than Rudiger? And is you he need even... to check that obviously yeah. Rudiger's back in because he was out of the weekend, apparently a bust up maybe. Yeah, think... So I just want to check he's back yeah. in. Yeah, I, I mean, I was. Uh... I think he's going to play tomorrow for yeah. sure. Um, and Tuchel said it's sorted out. He so said... I think he will be back. Not, not after preceding five. I think he would put him back. There was, there was lots of talk about that um, on the radio 
over the weekend, lots of ex-pros just saying this is completely normal. Every week, two players will have a bit of a bust up and a and they'll at least have a heated argument mm. or it'll come to blows and then it, they have to get separated. That happens every every training session. But they said the interesting thing about it is that it got leaked. And when those incidents get leaked and they get leaked in a way that's manufactured as part of a narrative, which is, of course, they've just lost 5-2 mm. to West Brom, then that becomes an issue. So Although then, worth noting that obviously it did mean he missed out on the team. So it's not just mm. a, you know, if they happen every week, we don't see someone dropped every week. So clearly this one, if it had nothing to do with the bust up, I'd say that that's more of a concern if he is a rotation risk. Of course, Silver, I think, will be suspended for a match now. Yeah. So well, I think Ru- Rudiger would, I, I mean, he was very unlikely to play last week anyway, because of his minutes on international duty. Mm. Um, so there's all sorts of factors yeah. there. But um, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I yeah. guess the, la- the can, last thing for me on can it. Can I ask is... about... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, just last note on the goalkeepers and defenders. Uh, apparently, we are saying goodbye to Martinez, who have a horrible run of games. Yeah. But a double game week, a lot of save points. If he if he's... He got four points already against Fulham, making six saves. I think he can do the same against every other team. Mm-hmm. So... For those who don't have the wild card, do you see it urgent I think, to sell I think Martinez problem, to one of those goalkeepers we just mentioned? I have to, I have toyed with the idea of getting Martinez in. Martinez and Forster is also, um, you know, I, it's not a bad combination to get mm. have in. Uh, as we said, Martinez is he fixture proof because of the save points, um, and I wasn't initially put off by you know he's got essentially a couple of bad games coming up, and then he's got a couple towards the end, um, but the fixtures are a bit patchy really in the middle. They're okay. Um, but it's just the price, really. You can see I've got 0.0 and Martinez is 5.4, I think. Um, so then I've got to sh- shave four off somewhere. And if you've already got a team with Holding and Phillips as well, where do you shave the four off? So you've got to keep going down. Well, that, um, that was going to be my question. So you have Salah, Fernandez in the field. So I know you may want to plan on transferring him yeah. out. I'd, I'd, still enc- I'd still encourage you not to plan too many transfers. You've got, after this, you've got, what, four transfers until that double? couple of yeah. injuries could mm. cause some trouble for you there. Yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd want to save some. But let's say you're set on that. I wonder, I was just looking at the fixtures. If I had Fernandez, I would maybe only captain him in 37 against Fulham. Until then, I'd be captaining other players, I believe. It may, it may rely on a City player being available next week, of course. I've got KDB at the moment. But do I just want to carry Fernandez, who while, you know, over the course of the season, his stats are amazing and his points mm. are amazing, but have tailed off recently. I say that he got an assist the other night and could well have scored a goal. Actually, he kind of fluffed the chance, but it has tailed off a little bit. If you want him there just to keep ticking those points over, fair enough. But if you need him to get the captain's armband to really get your value out of him, I wonder if you move him down and put the funds elsewhere. I mean, I might be, you know, influenced by last season, but around this time last season, I removed Fernandez and he carried on doing what he always does. You know, chips away at points, maybe get a double digit haul, might get seven points, five points. And... Even with five points, if you haven't got Fernandez, he's if it's horrible the effect of ownership. I've not had Fernandez since game week twenty four. And yes, you've halved your rank, but doesn't mean going forward I'll do okay. Yeah, but but Mm. you chip away at the gains you make elsewhere. By what I want to do is have the shields and the shields. I want the shields, and then I want the swords to do their business. So I've, I can protect the rank with the shields. I can attack the rank with the with the swords, but you take away a good shield, 
and suddenly you're attacking and you're attacking, attacking, and then you get chipped away. And I've seen it. And it's one of the annoying things of having too much information. But live FPL um, is just too good <laughs> um, as, as an asset to use. And you can see it with Fernandez. If you, if you don't own him or if you don't captain him, you're looking at a rank fall. If it's just a few handful of points just for that moment. And if the player mm. that you've got in doesn't kick off then, if your sword doesn't work that week. So you've got to so you're you're betting not only on your sword beating that shield, but you're betting on Fernandez not doing anything. And he does everything mm. he does something every week. So I you're just betting against a sure thing. Yeah. Uh, speaking about this, I, I know there is um an argument on social media whether you have to consider the effective ownership in your decisions or not or you have to play your own game a pure your own game i think in the ideal world it probably shouldn't be a decisive in your no. decision but i play with my emotions sometimes mm. and bruno last game with his his eo around me was 114 where i expected everybody to captain kdb mm. or rafinha or, or leeds so when um, yeah, Fernandez even... got five points, I, wa- I, I lost one point in my, in my rank. Uh, and so imagine if I don't have him at all, yeah. if he coughs, I would lose rank. If he assists, I would lose rank. If he scores, I would lose a lot of rank. So um, I don't think that Bruno is necessarily my biggest problem to dump. I, I do appreciate that it could be a golden opportunity if he struggles in the next game weeks, FPL-wise. And you make up the points from your alternative, but it's too risky that m- not many people might be willing to take. But I don't, I don't say that it is like this. I, I mean, I prefer to thing. lose Shaw feel, <laughs> than Fernandez. Yeah, I'm not, you're not wedded to him. But, said, mm, but, mm, but uh, yeah, said, a quick note: when you went without Fernandez the last five, six, seven game weeks, how did you manage emotionally and rank-wise? How did it go for you without Bruno <laughs> for the last weeks? I've not I've not had Salah or Fernandez yeah. since game week 24 on my wildcard, and mm. that's meant that meant I had KDB, I had Bale and Son and Kane uh, at a time when others may have had just a single mm. or, or two Spurs players. That went that went well for me. Um, I would say I pay less attention to effective ownership than a lot of other people. Doesn't mean you shouldn't. And at a time like this, you know, early in the season, I don't think it really matters at all. You pick the players you think are going to score the most points. Of course, you know, we don't know that ahead of time, so. Maybe there is some wisdom in the mm. crowd, but at this point in the season, sure. If you're trying to if you're trying to protect a mini league league, then you look at who the other people in your league have got. You maybe try and move, as you say, Joe, your shields against them. Yeah. If you're you know if you're in the top one k, top ten k, whatever your target is, maybe then you're trying to defend. Or if you're outside the top hundred k, you're trying to attack a position. I think maybe in these last eight or nine game game weeks, this is the time to pay attention to it because it's when that risk reward equation really does have a noticeable difference to the decisions you'll make and the outcome you'll receive in terms of rank. But that being said, you know, you're telling me if Fernandez gets five points every week, well, Jesse Lingard is currently out doing that. Come on to him again, but for a lot less money, five points isn't, isn't stellar. If I think I can beat five points, doesn't matter what the ownership is, I will try and play that game. The difference, of course, is because we don't know definitely what points people are going to get, you have to choose whether you want to be a bit safer or a bit riskier. But I think people maybe put a little bit too much weight on the effective ownership argument, as opposed to just trying to pick who we think has the best fixture or the best possibility well, of returning I mean, for points. me, it's just it's just simply as we do each week with each player, it's just gambling on each player. You know, will they do well? Won't they? And it's just Fernandez is just it's almost like it's just betting against a sure thing. Um, 
and that's how I I feel with him um, and he's just so so annoyingly good <laughs> and so annoyingly consistent and I, I really I, I, I feel like a, a flashback to this time the scout cast last season where I think every week I just I say, oh, I wish Fernandez would go away. <laughs> I don't want him anymore. It's really boring. <laughs> and um, you know, yeah. you can't get you, if you get rid of him. Yeah, you know, the, the, you get you might get some rank rises. But you're not going to get massive. You're not going to get huge rank rises. But if you get rid of him, you can get quite big. You yeah. can get big rank falls. I mean, I guess the real question is what you do with the rest of the team. So if you've got him, like you say, he's just a steady ship there. And hey, he can explode. He could get a goal and a penalty and assist in one match. But everyone else will get those points as well, as you've as you've argued for. Yeah. So the question really is, what are you doing with the funds elsewhere, or who else are you giving the captain to, or if you do have him, where are you suffering? Maybe that's where the difference is made, right? Not for yeah. himself. Exactly. So I look at you know who who am I missing out on? Who could get that point? So if I didn't have Fernandez, I would have. I think it would be Alexander Arnold over Phillips. And possibly Vardy, I might better squeeze in, but I would still have to cut a few corners elsewhere, I think. So, would you not consider KDB pretty much at all? No, just it, because it, you're not sure he's going to. No, he's going to because play. Um, because Fernandez is chipping away, getting points, and is nailed on to start, and he's captainable. KDB, in theory, is captainable, but is he nailed on to start? Will his minutes get managed? Man City are in what four competitions at the moment, um, and 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 Pep goes for all of them. <laughs> um, so it's a question of um, you know, do I trust him with the armband? Yeah, do I think KDB is a great option? Obviously, but do I think he's as good as Fernandez in terms of the captaincy? No, um, sure. I've barely had. No, I have had. Mm. I've had KDB for periods. I've had. I've not had him for periods. To be honest, I don't think he's made any difference. To my rank particularly I don't think there's any I can't think of anyone over a period of time who would be better to have than Fernandez that I haven't already got in Salah and Kane so in terms of stats over the season KDB's got 125.9 minutes per XGI and Bruno Fernandez has got 120.5 Salah separates them with 124.6 those are the top three for midfielders of regular minute uh, players who play regular minutes Obviously, the returns so far this season have been poorer for De Bruyne. Both Fernandez and De Bruyne have got uh, 11 assists, but Fernandez has, I've got 16 goals here. That seems massive. And De Bruyne has five. So there's the difference. But then going forward, we are seeing De Bruyne score a bit more. Maybe Fernandez is dropping off a little. Potentially, De Bruyne is on penalties. Fernandez, of course, is. Depends on if Aguero is on the pitch. Maybe Gundogan takes one or two. I think the big thing, like you say, is the fixtures. So mm. I was just having a quick look at what's to come. City tonight, 1-0 up against Dortmund. De Bruyne has scored. Uh, they have Leeds at the weekend, which is a great fixture, you think, for a City player. It was 1-1 earlier in the season. Uh, Leeds actually had the better numbers in that game, but a lot has changed since then. Leeds have become a little less attacking, a little less mm-hmm. forcing ourselves on the opposition, and City have improved. So I would expect City to win that quite easily. Then it's mm-hmm. Dortmund again next midweek. And at the moment, it's only 1-0. So City are going to need to put a strong team out there against Dortmund. Then they've got the FA Cup and the EFL Cup separated by Villa in the Premier League. So I think while De Bruyne is so important to City, and Karam, you can share more on this, I think in the next few weeks, maybe there is a chance he plays 50% of the fixtures. I'd yeah. like to think more, but maybe I'm hoping there. Well, I was going to also say, because once again, I'm thinking, I'm thinking captaincy here as well. Fernandez, whilst, I mean, I think, yeah, Salah and Kane are good, good options for any week, but Fernandez is still in the mix there. 
he's still a player in the mix for the captaincy. And um, Comrade um, sent me on Twitter this really great, um, really simple little table he's done. It's brilliant. And it's got, um, it's on double double digit halls and also, um, uh, you know, how many times they blanked or so. But Fernandez is in a world of his own. Double digit halls at 11 this season. So that's a player I want a captain. Um, he's reliable. I mean, he's often my bus captain in case you know, the worst happens um, because I know I can rely on him. He's at 11 double-digit halls, um, which is absolutely great. So the next nearest is nine with Son and then you've got Kane with seven. Um, so in terms of captaincy, which is what you want, you want mega scores there. He's the one and Kevin De Bruyne is quite low down there with just five. Um, obviously, there's been injury to do with that, but this is... What I mean by the captaincy is injury and rotation are the cause of that. And so with the captaincy, you have to factor in injuries and rotations. And Fernandez is just always fit and he's always, he just comes on the pitch and gets the points. <laughs> so no, I, th- I, th- I think that's fair, especially on injury and rotation. Yeah. The only thing I'd say on those double digit halls, and that's quite a nice way of looking at it, because really you throw all the stats together you want. It, it's points we want. And when you're captaining someone, it's points all in one go that we want, right? We want to double big numbers. Mm. I would say that the only thing that does, of course, show is it's, just looking retrospectively of things that have already happened doesn't necessarily predict what will happen in the future. Ah. I think a better guide for that is the underlying numbers where De Bruyne and Fernandez, Fernandez are a lot closer. The, the, then, the expected goals, uh, minutes per ex- expected goals are 208 for De Bruyne mm. and 190 for Fernandez. So Fernandez still wins, but, but it is a bit closer. But then you have to factor in, Fernandez has been doing the since he stepped on the pit. Well, it's actually was the second game because <laughs> I, I got him in on the second, yeah. I think the second or third game um, last season. He's been doing that consistently for a longer period of time. Obviously, De Bruyne has been doing it for a long period of time as well. But you have to factor in the rotation. And that's then it makes me question the captaincy. And um, it's something I mean, both of you alluded to. And, and, you know, we play this game for fun. And do we enjoy, you know, Karen was asking about, you know, how do you mentally prepare for these things? You know, I've only got nine weeks of this tricky season left. Do I want to spend every week or any of those weeks, even one of those weeks, sweating on Pep's blooming team sheet and who he's going to play. Um, I'm probably going to do it this one week with fun. Gundogan, but I don't want to be doing it with a, with an 11 million player who I haven't got Fernandes in because of. <laughs> so um, it would spoil my game, <laughs> put it that way. Hey, hey, fair enough. That's important. <laughs> I was gonna, I was yeah. gonna say possibly slightly harshly, like, oh, you turn your phone off, go outside, whatever. But really. You know, we enjoy football, we watch football, we play FBL to enhance our yeah. experience of football. Yeah, fair enough. Unless you're going to win FBL, maybe, you know, damaging your mental health yeah. over stressing over a captain isn't worth your time. To be honest, if I, was, if I was in the top 10 at the moment, then I would actually be more <laughs> prepared to consider that because then you've got to go for it. Because if you're in the top 10, you're like, oh God, I could win this <laughs> if I did something amazing. So you can't, you can't just like tick along like I'm doing, like get Fernandes in. You've got to do something pretty amazing and so yeah then, then I would start thinking well I'm just going to bet that Pep's going to play him but he might not and uh, yeah I don't want I don't want to go through that every week so um, anyway I, hopefully I mean do, do you either of you want to add anything else before we move on because ho- hopefully we've we've covered most things yeah. on the wild card and, and as I said I'm not wedded to any of them um, I'm mm. quite passionate about Fernandez, but but the rest of them. Really, not... I, I can tell you, I can tell. <laughs> the rest of them, I'm not. I'm not yeah. madly wedded on. So <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna die on a Cody-shaped hill. Put it that way. 
the only the only thing i've said this a million yeah. times now so i promise i'll stop but the only thing i would say is careful with planning those transfers i feel yeah. like we're going to hear no, from no, you in four no. weeks and go i wish i had a transfer do you know what i think that is a good piece mm. of advice um and which is um why I am starting to think certain things. I think the Jesus Vardy hokey cokey there, I, I, that's just not going to happen really. Um, and I think um, having Gundogan in for Lingard is a nice, easy one for me because I can easily bench Gundogan, Son and Kane. And I could actually be looking at saving a transfer in 32, just keep keep saving a transfer. Um, until those final ones. So yeah, that would probably be the most sensible thing to do. So that is a good takeaway for me. Yeah. And hopefully that's a yeah. good takeaway for other people as well is is um, not planning transfers. So just, just before we move on. Uh, can I mention something? Can I mention something? Because I promised yeah. to mention it. Um, I appreciate we are probably um, uh, doing a bit late along the scoutcast. But speaking about the defences, um, I-, I wanted to mention Wolves because there's been a talk about their defence, whether mm. we should consider or don't consider any of them, especially after the the game um, against West Ham. I, I just noticed two things. First of all, Wolves this year have kept eight clean sheets this season, mm-hmm. and it's not really a bad thing for them. Uh, last season, they kept nine, and the year before, where they were massively good, they kept 13. And if you look at the next game week, they play, uh, let me put it up in the screen, they play Fulham, and then uh, I probably I lost uh, the way. Yeah, they play Fulham, Sheffield United, West Brom, and Burnley in, in the next set of fixtures. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to mention Cody because um, we've seen in recent weeks that he is offering some goal threat. Okay. And if you look at the stats, the last four matches, uh, the highest expected goals involvement for defenders Alonso, uh, followed by Justin, but he's injured. That's four matches. That's why Justin is up there. Uh, T.A., Cancelo, Dinia, and Cody with okay. one goal uh, expected involvement. And look at the teams he's up against uh, from shots conceded mm-hmm. from sit plays. The worst is Fulham with 19. That's the worst. Okay. Uh, Sheffield United, fourth worst. West Brom, sixth worst, and Burnley, seventh worst. So he is going to play this is Cody time, four then. games against... This is Cody time. Uh, or size time. I will die on a Cody-shaped uh, hill then. <laughs> yeah, here you go. Here you go. So he's up against four teams who are in the to- in the worst seven from sit play, uh, from chances to see the from sit plays. And and that's all well with Cody, plus the potential for a clean sheet. So... They played West Ham, who are going to Champions League uh, this season, potentially. So I, I still think I will go for one, um, especially Cody, if you okay. need a Wolves cover. So that's so, something I thought it's worth checking. Just, just before we move on to some other community questions yeah. as well, um, um, I've got two takeaways here. Um, Cody's just become a bit more nailed on. But the other one, I would add to this wildcarding checklist. If I was more techno, I would um, be able to say techno. Um, technological, I meant to say. But you know, why not? If I was more techno, <laughs> I would um, add in uh, the point yeah. that Seb made there about not booking in too many transfers. And I think that is a really good takeaway um, uh, when checking yeah. on your wildcard checklist. So let's move on to um, some more community questions. Um, Seb, what else have the community been asking us about? Sure. So I, I figure maybe tackling these in a couple of other bunches is the best. We have uh, Vaza who asks, is Robertson a good alternative to TAA? And Dunastog who says, is TAA worth investing 7.3 
for assist potential when Phillips looks nailed at 4 million, which is 3.3 million less. And obviously we'll have the same clean sheet potential. I think it would probably be fair to say we've we've answered those. Yeah, I think yeah. clearly Trent is above mm. Robertson yeah. and there's only a small price difference. So unless you're really stuck there for cash, yeah. go with Trent. And then in terms of Phillips versus Trent, would it be fair to say it depends on the situation of your team like you've looked at, Joe? Yeah, I mean, I, I had a quick look at what Robertson's chances created last four. It's just three. So is Robertson worth 7.1? No, at the moment. Maybe um, the question is, would you... I mean, maybe this isn't the question because money isn't going to be a problem, really. But say you can afford Robertson and not Trent for whatever reason. Would you go Phillips over Robertson or would you think, uh, I still want one of the fullbacks? I would go Phillips over Robertson because Robertson is offering only, mar- at the moment, marginal assist potential... And so I'd be looking at clean sheets there and I might as well get that from the 4 million guy and then use that 2.1 elsewhere and I need it. Um, Whereas Alexander-Arnold with 11 chances created, the most creative Liverpool player, yeah, then he starts to become worth it because you're looking at, if you get clean sheets and an assist plus bonus, you're looking at what he's been doing. You're looking at, you know, 10, 12 points every match, which is great um, value. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's fair. Add for that. So then we have a question from Flinney. Is Lingard a no-brainer or will he regress? Is Greenwood an option? So we can look at Greenwood separately. But for Lingard, obviously there's been a bit of discussion around that. I think there's a few things I would love to highlight here. I have the privilege of being able to do that. You know, if someone tweets about it, I get a, I get a shout at people on a, on a podcast. So, so I will do that. Um, but hey, fair enough. I would just say, I'm not saying get Lingard or don't get Lingard. It just interests me when we get a situation like this to have a look at it and to try and be as rational as possible in assessing what's happened and what we think is going to happen going forward. So the first thing is we're seeing Lingard return the points. You can't argue with that. But things aren't binary. So an outcome is binary. It either happens or it doesn't. You know, you either get points or you don't. But when we're looking at whether those points are, you know, deserved or fortunate or because he's a quality player, if we see something like, you know, 0.1 xG, that means it has a 10% chance of being a goal. If that does or doesn't turn into a goal, it becomes a binary result. And we often remember things that happen or don't, as opposed to, you know, human brains aren't good at probability. So if he has scored a few goals, has scored a few assists, we just go, oh, he scored and he's got any assists. We don't think, well, how likely is it that he carries that forward? So then in terms of try and look at how likely he is to carry it forward, we're looking at stats, you know, the old eye test. I would argue they're kind of the same thing. You know, with our eyes, we're looking if he's shooting, we're looking if he's getting good touches. Stats can tell us those things. We just need to make sure we use both of them together to complement each other. And then in terms of the stats we might use for that, with XG and XA in particular, he has over- overperformed those recently. And the fun numbers to look at are the only this season so far. Uh, Lingard has an XG of 2.8, but has scored six goals. Lionel Messi has an XG of 18, exactly on the nose, and has scored 23 goals. So were Lingard to keep it up, he is better than Lionel Messi. Of course, Lingard's doing it in fewer games, small sample size, so fair enough. He is better what than it, Messi, that, then. <laughs> but what, the important thing there is what that doesn't say, it doesn't say Lingard will stop scoring. All it says is that so far he has scored more than we would expect him to. That might be down to luck. It might be down to his quality. Of course, he's had slightly tougher fixtures. With some good fixtures to come, he could even improve his XG and keep returning the goals. The only thing is he may not return at the same rate he has done already. But he's a cheap player. He could still be worth it. And then when we look at the XA side of it, the last point I'd love to make on that is XA is just slightly less under the control of the player that we're looking at. So XG, if Lingard's got an XG of one, 
Well, we'd expect him to score one goal and it comes down to luck and his quality. If he, for example, has an XA of 0.02, which he did against Wolves, because he went on a great run and then he passed it forward to Bowen, and Jared Bowen probably scored a goal that you don't score very often, well, that one's not in Lingard's control. So Lingard could lay that chance on all week, and it doesn't really have much to do with Lingard, and it has to do with the player who's converting the chance. So that one is slightly less reliable as a metric when we look at it. There was um, um, just to, to add to that. That's really great analysis, by the way. There um, is um, something that David uh, wrote on 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 Fantasy Football Scout today when he was in his match report on that. Just something, just quickly noticed because some people are thinking if Antonio's not involved, um, will that harm Lingard's output? And it's just something David noticed. Just the line here. Um, this is after Antonio was subbed off with injury. Um, Lingard did not manage to register a shot on Wolves' goal after the 11th minute of that match. So that's just something to bear in mind. Um, He did get that assist, but um, that could be a sign that, I wouldn't say, you know, regressing. It's just, that's just looking at at Antonio not being there does that harm. On the idea of regression, there's a really interesting thing to think about there where, so if, if we just see XG, ignore quality for a second, let's just say it's luck for ease of argument. If you get 0.5 XG, that might as well be, which Lingard very roughly had in that last match. Great goal. I, I think he had two shots. So that one chance he had inside the area, high XG, converted it well. It was about 0.5, give or take. So you may as well flip a coin. But hey, he's a good finisher. I would note that actually over his career, he's underperformed his XG. So in theory, he's not a good finisher. But if he is a good finisher now, he's improved. Let's say it's better than just a flip of a coin. No, we would expect him to score that more often than he wouldn't. But going forward, if we just kept giving him that chance, he could score every single one of them or score none of them. And it wouldn't affect what happens next time. Like flipping a coin, it is unlikely you will get 10 heads in a row before you've started. But if you get nine heads in a row, the chance of getting a 10th is still 50-50. And that is exactly the same for Lingard. Just because he's overperformed so far doesn't mean he's about to underperform. He could keep going. All we're saying is that what has happened so far is unlikely. Yeah, no, it's great. Um, um, Karen, did you have any thoughts on Gre- on um, Greenwood? It could be an outside punt, but I haven't seen a lot from Greenwood no. this season. So how much is he now? I don't, I don't even, I even look remember. At his... I think 7 million. If exactly. you talk about 7 million, I think there are a lot of options. At least we know. That they are playing or Madison. some stats. I, I think if I can now, afford Martin, Green, yeah. Greenwood, I can afford Madison. I want Madison. Yeah. Although he could be interesting uh, end of the season because I think I owned him some part of last season and he's been he's been okay. But Martial could be out for most of the rest of the season, if not all of the season. So I don't think that Cavani will play all the games. So it, it still remains to be seen. How would he be involved in the team? But I wouldn't draw. I wouldn't draw now. It's a bit early. And uh, and, and Seb, what's that final question before we get to? Get sure. Well, th- thank you for letting me go on my lingo around there. It's a it's a privileged position to be able to do so on a podcast. So I you know I know other people don't have the same right of reply. So I spoke to a few people about it on Twitter today, and just want to say it's a it's a great conversation. Not for one second am I saying anyone's lucky or unlucky. I just think it's really interesting to try and understand you know how we view these things. So the last question uh, from James, given game week 33, should Bale or Gundogan be in our third, should they be our third City or Spurs players? So, I mean, I had Bale on my mock wildcard about a week ago. I'd probably get rid of him were I doing it again now. Uh, I liked that idea of Bale, Son, Kane triple up, but if Bale's not going to play, or if he's going to play one of the matches, then probably not worth it. 
What do you think on Gundogan, Karam? I guess you're probably the best place to tell us if he's going to play. I think I think he's had his rest. That's my only subjective opinion. I don't take a disclaimer, a disclaimer or whatever. But I think he's so important for us that nobody in the team can do what he does in midfield and in terms of coming into the box. And he was sort of like, he played pretty much every minute with Germany. And so it was very expected to have that rest. I think he will play Leeds because of the way they play intensity and attacking. And so this, they need more players in midfield where they can control the ball from. So from a tactical standpoint, I think he will be important for the next set of games, even Dortmund, Leeds, maybe Vela is the one if 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 there is a game he Pep can afford to rest him, and I think Gundogan will play. Now, given the situation of um, the, uh, the 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 player or the manager who asked, depends how many players you have for thirty three. Now, in my case, I do have three City and two on four on one and Kane planning to get son so that will be maybe five by the time i get over 32 and it depends if you have the free head or not so you have to take a little bit of a balance whether you need to buy grunduran now what will happen to your team are you going to be able to fill the 11 or at least 10 players if that's too much for you then probably you can find an argument to not have him but I think if you have him, then it's an easy keep until at least a 33, and then you can decide whether to sell him for um, a, a Spurs player or somebody who has the future. We mentioned a lot of players, so th- that's my thoughts about uh, Gundogan. I don't, I'm, I'm not rushed to sell him yet. I quite like the idea of Gundogan versus Leeds. Uh, you know, if we think he plays, of mm. course. But we've seen a mm. few times, you know, Human Son, Scott McTominay, for example that Leeds' weakness, at least in the past, because of our man-marking system, has maybe been a quality player coming from deep, overloading, you know, whatever. If if Phillips is on De Bruyne, for example, who's picking up Gundogan, we've seen Gundogan score those goals where he arrives in the box and just slots into the net. If I thought any sort of goal was going to happen this weekend, I think it'll be that goal, Gundogan against Leeds. And if you think he's going to play, I mean, I've got Gundogan and was tempted to do him to Jota. I might keep. Yeah, I'm I'm tempted to catch Harry Doyle. I'm tempted to keep him and and perhaps even through 33 because I'm only looking at Kane and Son for Spurs. I'm not interested in a third. I've toyed with the idea of Lloris or... I'm, I'm just not... There's just, no, there's just no one there. Mourinho clearly hates everyone there. They all hate him. I don't want to be anywhere near that. <laughs> so um, even Son, I perhaps shouldn't have. Kane, I definitely want because he's just magic. Um, but uh, looking at the... At the City game, I I can I can easily bench Kane, Son, and uh, Gundogan. Or Son is the one I want to move out. He's perhaps the one I, I move out or keep. I, it, it's it's going back to that point Seb was making about booking in a transfer. Um, if you start having more than three Spurs and City, then you're starting to look at players down, and then you you're sort of booking a transfer in. So I'm hope, hoping there's there going to be no um, injuries, but I think yeah I'd be prepared to go with that. Gundogan, Son, and Kane, but any more, mm. I'm I'm not interested at the moment. I don't think I will go. I don't think I will go for a third Spurs asset. I I thought about the idea of having Rigilion, for example, but 
having an HGC, an XGC against a four against Newcastle, that says a no for me. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, probably be enough with Son and Kane, I think. Yeah, I think there's other options. Dortmund have just equalised against Man City, which oh, really no. means they're going for the strongest team you'd okay. think in next midweek. Yeah, but this is, I mean... Oh, my. My my, mm. my City, my currently City list wildcard, the most popular question, as Karen made clear as well, is where a City? And and this is why where a City? Because I, I just don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it would have been great. If they were 5-0 up, I would have thought, oh... Thank God for that. But yeah, it just adds further doubt. I think we, we spoke on air as well um, about, uh, well, I did anyway, about Damned United um, and about Brian Clough managing Derby. And just before Derby's European match, they went to play Leeds, who completely, well, they killed them on the pitch in a kind of First World War trench-style bloodbath. Um, Man City are playing Leeds, United. So if Pep... Is a fan of damned United, uh, then he might have that in his mind. Oh my God, uh, it's Leeds. Mm. Um, so um, it's, uh, bring Billy Bremner back. He could be. Um, so uh, <laughs> we move on to the next four, um, and we've we've spoken about a lot of these fixtures already. We can see their Wolves, Leicester, Arsenal, Chelsea, and Tottenham with their double. Got great fixtures coming up. These are the teams to target: Crystal Palace, Fulham, Southampton, Leeds. Are the teams to be a bit iffy over Man City? You've got the rotation worries, um, and then you've got uh, Villa next two are pretty awful as well. Liverpool, and Man City. Um, but bearing that in mind, um, we've had some reasonable successes. I'm, I'm just going to claim my Alonso punt from last week as a differential <laughs> success. The guy came in with an assist. I'm just going to sketch over the five goals he conceded. But nevertheless, for, for a Chelsea defender last week, three points was a result. Um, Cancelo, Gundogan, Antonio and Bale have been our previous um, differential pick successes. Karam is back on and his turn next. Who is the best low-owned 5% or under gem for the next four matches? All right. So um, with Kane being top for the XGI of 5.2 in the last four matches, Clichy A and Acho, uh, comes second with 3.71 across the forwards, and he's only 5.8%. So he's my pick, basically. Um, 5.8 million, 4.4% um, at is, the moment. Is he an actual that low um, he, he looks... Yeah, uh, when I checked, it's like, oh, I have to think about somebody who, who has a good feature. Then I saw he an actual, like, job done. Um, so he's less than 5%, just about. Easy. And we spoke enough about Ayanacho and his involvement, Leicester fixtures. So I found it pretty straightforward. No need to overthink it. <laughs> so well, he, here brilliant. he is. <laughs> I actually thought he was just above yeah. 5%, but yeah, I'll just tell you, I was completely wrong. Mm. Um, so yeah, great. Yeah, he falls completely into that category. And yeah, he's it, it, definitely a player to target. Um with those fixtures. Yeah. Um, the one player, another player I was going to mention, much less fashionable, was Pereira at West Brom. And yes, he did well against Chelsea. So I am partially um, blinded by that. But he's only 1.8% owned. He's completely nailed. 5.3 uh, million. He's had four double-digit hauls, which is not bad, considering he's only 5.3 million. Um, he's in a team with something to fight for. There are three good fixtures coming up. Um, arguably fixture-proof anyway, after... Chelsea. So yeah, looking at West Brom, trying to trying to find one there. Yeah, they got Southampton next, then they got Leicester. That's the tricky one, and then they got Villa and Wolves. Um, 
Pereira could get returns there. The reason I bring him up because it 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 dovetails nicely with with one of our rough with the smooths earlier, where the guy got ninety eight points, rocketed to the edge of the top ten k, arguably thanks to twenty one points from Pereira as well as other other moves going his way. But the Pereira move there, um, he's got you know he's got a rare double digit haul in him, and I think he's a good differential. So. Ian Acho Pereira and Chris Wood, who we we touted in the captaincy video mm. earlier today, um, to watch that or listen to that for our rationale behind that. Get those three in. That's chewing up the ranking. I should be getting those three in, but I'm not that kind of manager. <laughs> um, let's move on to our team reveal. So this is, at the moment, sort of what I'll go for. Um, within that, I'm thinking... Um, Lingard to Gundogan. I'm probably still going to captain one of Fernandez or Salah or Kane, just because they're I just they're nailed on and reliable captaincy shouts. And Calvert Lewin, Calvert Lewin, or whoever I have in the Calvert Lewin role might dip to my first sub. Um, and uh, Cody and Holding, there they are on the bench. Um, I quite fancy Shaw against Tottenham, even though I am playing Son and Kane um, for that assist potential. And I, I don't, I don't fully know what that score is going to be. And it could be nil nil. It could be high scoring. Um, Cody might end up coming in for Shaw, um, especially after what Karen has been saying. And Forster's on the bench there, so that's sort of what I'm going for. That's probably very different though. So no one on social media hold me to that because this is going to change over the time. But this is sort that's sort of what I'm going for structure-wise there. Um, let's move on to you, Karen, for game week 31. So um, now yep. you did um, get in touch and so you've changed your captain. So currently, I did, it might have changed again, but you've got mm. Martinez, Aspilicueta, Luca Dean, Diaz, Jota, Gundogan, Fernandez, De Bruyne, who you you had said you've got the armband on, Ian Acho, Vardy, and Kane, and then on your bench uh, you got um, Dallas, Mitchell, Smithrow, and Fabry. So I think you've got your bench sorted there. So um, does does the tonight's City uh, line up change your opinion of the captaincy? Well, uh, not. Oh, I see now. The City has scored the two one. So we hopefully win this Phil game. Foden. At least we can go strong. Yeah, Phil Foden. Uh, hopefully there is no VAR. We've been there before. But I think the result will, will influence the decision because currently it's on KDB. Mm. I think when I sent the uh, team uh, to you earlier, it was on Fernandez. Yeah. And I'm still between these two. Um, currently it's on KDB just because I think I want to play the Pepe And I think we are capable of scoring. So... Fernandez and Kane, it could be, it could be a lot of goals because of the uh, Tottenham defense statistically was really was really bad against Newcastle, but also Manchester United can can play the nil nil game against as we've seen this season they tend to go for a very low scoring games let's put it in in a much nicer definition against the uh, top sides and and so it can go either way. Um, I have already used two transfers. Um, I had 0.0 in the bank um, if I didn't make that move on Saturday night. So I sold Watkins and I sold Rafinha for Jota and Iannaccio. Um I would be priced out if I waited that night. So 
kind of that's what I wanted to have uh, some cover and Jota has played only in 80 minutes so hopefully he gets a start against um, Villa <laughs> and it's gonna draw to the last day uh, till Friday um, between between De Bruyne Fernandez I'm actually considering Vardy as an outsider captaincy pick um, for some reason I feel okay this this game week probably the, the best captain would be something that we don't necessarily anticipate no. because it's really it's really open game week so there's a chance that Vardy comes in the mix with the, the captains but currently it's on KDB yeah this is why we were touting Chris Wood earlier and he, he genuinely is against Southampton yeah. Southampton yeah. Um, can see yeah. that a high level I of chances Ames, yeah. and a high level of double digit hauls um, meanwhile Chris Wood is up there amongst mm. five or six really good um uh, uh, assets for this particular yeah. fixture. So, yeah. I mean, l- last time we had a week like this, uh, I think Harry Kane was probably the most popular. I think it's yeah. who I captained, but it was that week that Trossard and Lingard both returned yeah, yeah. again from very small underlying numbers. Mm. But it's one match, underlying numbers in one match, yeah. you know, don't matter that much. I think you it, know, it could be the one match yeah. you score your worldie. Yeah. So, maybe this is a week to just pick that player that you've got, I, I don't know, a feeling, intuition, mm. something that you can't quite quantify over and back it up later. It's if, if people are wildcarding, say 32. I do do think that is viable uh, for some people. Um, dead end yeah. with game with thirty one with a nice punt of Chris Wood or Danny Ings, something like that. Mm. Um, I think you could, um, you know, could get a good send off for your team there. Um, so let's move on to your team. So you've got mm. uh, Pope in goal, Luke Dean, uh, Luke Shaw, Cancelo, and then Rafina, Bale, Son, KDB as the captain, Gundogan, Bamford, and Kane. And then on your bench, Martinez, Watkins, Feltman and Ailing. Um, so are any of these going to change? I have two free transfers and cool. a ton of money in the bank. So there are there are things to be done. I kind of, I'm not sure what I want to do this week. Um, I probably will leave the captain on KDB for now, but of course I'll mull it over. Mm. Um, I'm not sure I have a standout option in my team really for captain, to be completely honest. So we'll see. I probably have four or five players I want eventually in the next couple of weeks. It's just a case of, you know, who do I get yeah. for this week? Who do I get now? Who do I prioritise? So uh, Trent, Jota, um, until Antonio got injured, I really like the, the idea of Antonio. They've got great fixtures to the yeah. end of the season. A little tougher right now, but he scored twice against City, two assists against Tottenham, one against Arsenal, and scores against poorer teams, has great stats to back it up. If he's fit, I'd be tempted by a Bamford to Antonio at some point. If he's not fit, Lingard absolutely tempts me. You know, I've spoken, we've spoken a lot about whether he's over overperforming stats, but he still has the stats that would return points, just maybe not as many. And as you know, plenty of people have pointed out, stats maybe can't adequately capture everything. If there's something we're missing, you know, if Lingard keeps doing this for a year, I'd be very hard pressed to say it wasn't a good pick. So I can either be right or I can win FPL. So um, yeah. I'll happily get Lingard if he still looks like scoring yeah, no, points. I think that's a, that's a really good idea with Jota being in the mix as well. But also, yeah, one yeah. of Lingard or Antonio. And, Antonio... So, and then I guess the last one is Salah on that, where, yeah. you know, those four or five that I want, it, possibly that one has to wait until Bale or Son have played. Yeah. I feel like I have to carry Bale for 32 now just because just because he's there. I wouldn't have picked him, but he's there. I feel like I have to carry him now. And then Bale and Son combined to become... Some, yeah, you've come like this that. far. I, I like um, um, within a wild card or within any, you know, structure of a team, cash cows. It's, you know, the, yeah. and for some reason, um, Spurs midfielders have got a big history mm. with me with that. And he always used to be Ericsson. Um, and Ericsson, like Bale is, and Son is starting to get that way. These are players... 
you want to have, and the same thing you're quite happy to ditch. And they're usually priced around that eight nine million mark as well, so you can move them on, and you can you can mm. you've got like potentially if you move them down to say a five six million player, you've got three or four million to play with, and that's that's a really handy player to have. Um, you know the thing the thing I might do tonight before the price goes up as well, or maybe goes up, is bring Fraser Forster in, just because yeah. there's that four sits on my bench. Hopefully, he gets played you know some of the time, especially in the double. Uh, and then just really does give me a lot of money to basically get any player I want in my second transfer for the end of the week. Yeah, no, I I think Forster, um, if if he's nailed on, we hope I hope he is. Um, it's worth pointing out that McCarthy's down to four point four. So um, with a couple of price rises and a couple of price changes there, we might end up seeing them about the same price. Um, is there a world where you get both of them? If I wasn't didn't have my bench boost, I would. I would just yeah. I would just hang it. Um, after game week 33 because they of course blank them um, but yeah I would just go for that because it just takes I've quite enjoyed this season not rotating goalkeepers so I've had Edison for a while I think I had Martinez briefly I think I've had Pope and I've, I haven't yeah. really rotated them I've just had a cheap one a non-player sometimes and... rotating goalkeepers is one of those ones that yeah. is a brilliant idea if you can pull it off but it's yeah. often so difficult to pull off because yeah. obviously I never did those... it right so Exactly. You're going for those defensive fixtures where you get your clean sheets. But how often do we see a goalkeeper actually get their biggest points in that unexpected game? If you just miss out on that, it could tip you over the edge. And there's there's a, there's a, there's something in like you know, your trading stock markets or whatever that the people who you know trade day to day, day to day and try and make those edges end up with very similar returns to the people who just buy something and hold it for 10 years. It reminds me a bit of goalkeepers where you could try and pick the right one every yeah. week. Or you could just pick one good one, leave it, and probably end up with very similar points. It's exactly right. Yeah, it's a lot. It just takes a decision out there, and also it depends on the goalkeepers as well. So if you've got two really good four point five goalkeepers, and you're happy if either of them play, really, um, that that's good to have. But so often now we're getting five, you know they're five point five, and it, you know you can't justify having two two of those in. And it takes away from the rest of the squad. So yeah, just lately the good goalkeepers just happen to have been priced annoyingly correctly. Um, yeah. And so, so someone in the chat has just pointed out as well in terms of, you know, if you had unlimited transfers, maybe you chop and change goalkeepers all the time. But yeah. how often do we see, you know, you just want to, you don't want to waste the transfer on a goalkeeper. That, that's why I've got Leno in and people go, yeah, but Arsenal can't keep clean sheets. But the fixtures are so good. You could just, you know, you can just feel happy putting him in and hopefully he does well. And this time last season, I mean, Leno got injured, but Leno was doing all right until Martinez came in and did even better. But Arsenal were a good source of clean sheets towards the end of the season. And Arteta's team has shown me uh, they can do that. And they might have less attack to them with Tierney out as well. A few other people mentioned in the chat before we go. We're talking about Arsenal. Um, some people, Matt Henley is captaining Aubameyang. Um, and his story of films, Kenya, uh, very prestigious. Uh, Lacazette captain. Um, his story of films, Kenya. Um, well, they, hopefully they'll be dancing in the streets of his story of films, Kenya tonight. <laughs> When, when Lacazette scores. Um, but yeah, La- Lacazette is, tempts me, still tempts me to this day. And I, um, for, but it's, it's, it's booking in a transfer because I don't really want to invest too much in Arsenal attack. Um, but it's a Sheffield United um, fixture is good. So yeah, it's a one-week punt. I think Lacazette is a good, is a good move at Sheffield United, depending on his minutes. Um, in the meantime, I just want to remind people about the members area. We pulled loads of stats 
there. Do have a look at that. Lots of ton tons of Opta driven data. Um, lots lots of uh, tools to have a look at there. And of course, uh, the goals imminent table and you can make your own tables. Do check it out if you like this episode. Please do press like. Um, and also, uh, do remember to subscribe wherever you're listening uh, to this. And of course, on YouTube and follow our YouTube channel. Um, so you get um, advanced warning or notice whichever way you want to look at our latest videos and podcasts uh, but in the meantime it's a goodbye from me it's a goodbye from me night everyone <laughs> bye everyone <laughs>